Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, I'm your girl here, Lauren Carpenter. You can find me at Stepmom Lauren, and it is Monday. And that means we have waiver wire options for you to target for week five, so that when you're listening to this, you can have just a little bit more insight when you're scouring over those names that may be available for you to choose from. And we also have injury updates. It's never fun. But we have to know about those injuries because that's going to help us with the waiver wire. And we also have some streaming options for you today. But I have the updated leaderboard. That is correct for our 7-Eleven challenge from Prize Picks. And if you haven't signed up for Prize Picks yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Believe me, it is a ton of fun and it's very easy to play. Head on over to prizepicks.com, sign up with the promo code MMN, and then you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. And if you want to participate in the 7-Eleven challenge, it's not too late. You still can. It is very easy simply take five over-under picks. There's lots of options, lots of things to choose from. Five over-unders, except not the Monday game, because that doesn't count for the 7-Eleven challenge. But five over-unders, change that bet amount to $7.11, and boom, you're in, because that's how they track it, is with that $7.11 bet that you put on your five over-under picks. And Alan W., my friend, you still reign supreme. Not nearly as perfect as you were the first three weeks, but you do have 18 out of 20 correct. That means you are solo in first place, Alan W., but we do have someone who is in solo second place. That is Quentin B., and we have someone in solo third place this week with Ian M. You guys are one, two, and three, and um, we have so many here, so let me scroll down all the way. Lots of ones. Lots of ones there. Uh, we still have our um, zero out of out of anything contestants here, which that's okay because there is a prize for coming in dead last, also right in the middle. Uh, but we still have Nicholas T. You're you're at zero. Dale P. You are likewise at zero. Um, Paul P. And John B. As in boy, you guys are all at zero. That's okay though. This is a fun game. It's a fun challenge. I highly encourage people take advantage of it. It's fun. Do your 7-Eleven picks, but then also put in some other picks. PrizePicks.com. There is a link in the description of this video, or you can go right there, PrizePicks.com. But make sure you use the promo code MMN. That's how you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. And um, this week I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice. I am not going to make fun of Pet Mayo too badly. Uh, he only got one correct out of five this week, so I am going to let him wallow in his own misery because I. Got four out of five. Take that, Pat. I'm just kidding. No, I'm really not. But yes, I got four out of five. I was very happy with this. Uh, the one I missed out on was Naheem Hines, but let's go ahead and throw that up on the screen here for you so you can take a look along with me. I missed Naheem Hines. I thought he'd get over three receptions. He did not. He only got two. Uh, Joe Mixon came through for me on Thursday night uh, with a single rushing touchdown. Patrick Mahomes, um, over two and a half passing touchdowns. I kind of saw that coming in a, a get-right game for the Chiefs against the Eagles. Uh, Derek Henry, as promised, way over that 105 and a half rushing yard mark out of necessity he got 157 and then last but not least I had Jalen Hurts here over 249 and a half passing yards they were playing against Kansas City he was very poor against quarterbacks and wide receivers and that's what you get when you have a quarterback throwing two wide receivers he ended up with 387 total so I got four out of five very exciting I'm still nowhere near Alan W who was in first place but alas 
That's why it's a game. It is super duper fun. But what is not fun are injuries. And we had another slew of them, which is very disappointing. I have one league where I have Christian McCaffrey and David Montgomery as my two starting running backs. And David Montgomery was helped off the field with a knee injury. This looked scary. It sounded scary. But luckily, it is not an ACL tear. And in fact, it doesn't sound like the Bears are all that worried about this injury at all, but still, I am. Um, so that is something to keep your eye on is David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears. Um, another running back issue that we had on Thursday night was Joe Mixon. He was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain and is officially listed as week-to-week. So uh, there may be some options you want to pick up on the Bengals, some AJP Ryan. Also, Tony Jones, another running back that got hurt, he was carted off the field uh, for the Saints. Um, When I checked on this, it was an undisclosed injury. So keep your eye on what's going on with Tony Jones there. He is the backup to Alvin Kamara. But if you do have him on your squad, you might be able to move him to IR or you might just want to drop him if you need room to, you know, help facilitate other starting players if you are dealing with injuries like I am. And then we also had Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw Trey Lance um, out on the field over the weekend. That's because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's riddled with another injury yet again. And this is a calf injury that he got in the third quarter. And uh, finally, one of the most relevant ones here for me is Logan Thomas, tight end for Washington. This stinks because it's really hard to find good tight ends. And Logan Thomas is a must start. And unfortunately, he left the game early with a hamstring injury. And that stinks because hamstring injuries linger. He is still considered week to week, day to day, I think. So just keep an eye on him moving forward. Uh, But you might want to... Listen to this video, because in this video, I'm going to be giving you some other options that you might be able to roster if uh, Logan Thomas is out, if um, David Montgomery is out, if Joe Mixon is out. I am here to help. This is what I do. So let's go ahead and jump right into our waiver wire targets, and let's go ahead and start with the wide receiver position. We have a couple of really interesting names here that... uh, I like moving forward. So the first one, speaking of the Bears, is going to be Darnell Mooney from Chicago. He is 38% rostered, and Justin Fields did a pretty good job this week of getting him the football. He had seven targets, five receptions, and 125 yards. There was still those deep passes, which is what Mooney is so good at. Um, The schedule is tough over the next two weeks, but they also play Tampa Bay after that, which I don't mind. But plus, they're going to be using him, um, so they're playing – Las Vegas at Las Vegas, and then they're playing Green Bay, and then after that, Tampa Bay. And another name that uh, finally came to fruition is Devontae Parker for the Dolphins. He is 37% rostered. Brissette is starting to look a little bit better like he was when he was a starter for the Colts. Um, He had nine targets, four receptions, 77 yards, and he did get a touchdown, which was kind of a crazy fiasco if you watched that game. It was was pretty interesting. Um, But they have a really, really good matchup, speaking of Tampa Bay. Uh, They play Tampa Bay uh, this week in Week 5. So I like that matchup because Tampa Bay secondary is a little is a little sus. I understand that Richard Sherman is there. I get it, but he they just pulled him off the street. So I still think that you can target wide receivers that are going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They also face Jacksonville, and then they have Atlanta after that. So I I like the schedule for Devontae Parker. So uh, swoop him up if he's available. And uh, you know. Shame on me for having doubts on AJ Green because he has he has proven me wrong. Um, 24% rostered for the Cardinals, everybody. He has scored double-digit fantasy points in the last three weeks and two touchdowns. Um, it's time to start taking him seriously, and I'm really just saying that to myself. 
because I really need to start taking A.J. Green seriously because the Cardinals and Kyler Murray Murray certainly do. I did say Murray, right, not Murley, because I tend to do that, but I think I said it correctly that time. It's not a great schedule, but I don't really know if it matters when it comes to Murray as the quarterback and when it comes to a veteran like A.J. Green, but they're playing San Francisco, then they're playing Cleveland in Cleveland, and then they play Houston. And then another kind of veteran presence, if you will, to come back and and make an impact is Jamison Crowder, Mr. Reliable himself. He is 20% rostered. He is back. In his first game in 2021, he saw nine targets, seven receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. This is what we come to expect from Jamison Crowder. If if he's available, and he should be in 80% of leagues, swoop him up. He's one of those guys I love being able to spot start when it comes to injuries or matchups because Jamison Crowder knows how to get it done. They face Atlanta. Muy, muy bueno. Uh, Then they have a bye, so remember that because we're heading into our bye weeks here soon. And then uh, at New England, that one's not great. But, you know, hey, it's Jamison Crowder. He finds a way to get it done all the time. And then last but not least, we have a little bit of a wild card for you here, and that is Quintess Cephas from the Lions. He is 16% rostered. And I call him a wild card because his production is just correlated, integrated. It is directly associated with whatever TJ Hawkinson can or cannot do. And Hawk was held in check. That means that Cephas was involved. Um, he had five targets, four receptions, and 83 yards. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't find the find the end zone, um, to be completely honest with you. Uh, they play Minnesota. Love that matchup. And then they play Cincinnati and the Rams. Don't love that one as much, but if you are in deep leagues, if you are desperate, Quintus Cephas is likely available, and he has an excellent matchup coming up in Week 5. Okay, and let's jump right into the running back position. As I mentioned, all of these injuries uh, at the top of the show. So Samaj P. Ryan, like I mentioned, only 2% rostered. He is the direct back right behind Joe Mixon. Uh, Let's see, they play Green Bay, Detroit, and Baltimore. All three of those are great matchups. They are great matchups. So for me, Samaj P. Ryan is the number one ad for waiver wire because running backs are very difficult to come by. There are a few names here that I actually do like that could be available, but Samaj P. Ryan is going to be right at the top of that for me. High ankle sprains are tricky, and I do not believe that Joe Mixon is going to be able to play this week. And if he does, it likely will be limited. So Samaj P. Ryan is someone I'm very, uh, very much targeting in every single leave that I have, especially the one where I no longer have any starting running backs. That's a little stressful. But moving right along, Damian Williams, 8% rostered. He had a really good game in his own right. And this is Damian Williams of the Bears. Um, Even when Montgomery was still healthy before he left the game, Williams still had eight rush attempts for 55 yards and a touchdown, but he also saw two targets, had two receptions for 15 yards. So even when Montgomery was in the game, he was still involved. So I don't hate this one either. Um, and Montgomery may not miss time. I, I'm not sure. And if he, if he doesn't, he might be limited, which means Williams should be able to see some playing time here. And he has proven that he can be productive with it. They face Vegas, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. I don't love these matchups, but you may not have a choice like me. And, oh, we have two here left. I was going to say last but not least, but I'd be lying. But I'm, I'm not a liar. So we have two left. Kenny Gainwell. I have been saying this over and over again, and I said this about the game before Sunday, is that likely the Chiefs were going to use every single one of their resources on defense to shut down Miles Sanders. That happened, and the direct recipient of that was Kenny Gainwell. He is only 29% rostered, and uh, the 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 schedule's awful. I, I won't lie to you. It is absolutely terrible, but if you really need a starter, no one else is available, you can try him. They play Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Las Vegas. That's just very crummy for the running back position. And last but not least, 
got it right this time. J.D. McKissick, he is 39% rostered, and he may not be available. He's right under that 40% mark, which I usually like when I'm doing these shows and I'm doing my research for it. Um, likely he's not available, but he is, if he is. Make sure you pick him up. He had seven rush attempts for 15 yards, meh, but he had five receptions on five targets for 44 yards and a massively acrobatic touchdown that he had for Washington. Um, They play New Orleans in week five. That is no bueno. But they do play Kansas City, which I really like. And then they play Green Bay. All right. Now let's get into the tight end world. And honestly, this isn't as much of a wasteland as it normally is when we're scouring the waiver wire for some of these tight end options. But Evan Ingram of the Giants, he is 34% rostered. He did get six targets He only had 27 yards on five receptions, so that's not awesome. He is going to be touchdown dependent, but as long as Sterling Shepard is questionable or out, I think Evan Engram can be someone that you can plug in there. Just hope he finds the end zone because it's not like he's seeing a huge ton of target share, but he definitely is seeing his. With Daniel Jones just spreading the football around too, which is pretty impressive. They play Dallas, Los Angeles Rams, and then Carolina. Don't love the matchup, but again, this is more volume-based here with Daniel Jones, who is really trying to get it done. Um, I do like Dallas. Actually, I lied. I do like the Dallas matchup. This is always really fun when you're talking about division rivalry games. So um, yeah, I I wouldn't mind picking up Evan Ingram if you need a tight end and starting him. But the one I like even more than him is Dalton Schultz. I, I wasn't sold on Dalton Schultz. Now I am. And Dak Prescott is looking for him, and he is looking for him often, and he's looking for him in the red zone. And he's been getting it done even in really tough matchups. So they had, uh, they, excuse me, Dalton Schultz had eight targets, six receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. And that stat line could have been a lot bigger. Um, He had some drops, and I think he had a fumble. Uh, Didn't matter. They just still kept going back to him and going back to him. So if Dalton Schultz is available, swoop him up, because he is going to be one of those starters that you're going to be really glad that you snagged off of the waiver wire. And again, they have a really good matchup here on the other side. They're going up against the Giants, which is a very good matchup for the tight end position. But then they face New England. That's pretty gross. And then they have a bye. But again, someone like Dalton Schultz and Dak Prescott, I'm not really sure how much it matters when it comes to really tough matchups because Dak can get it done. But at least they have a really good one in Week 5 against the Giants. And then last but not least for the tight ends, Let's look no further than the Buccaneers and Cameron Brait. I know that there was not a lot of usage last night, and it should have been last night, meaning Monday night, and we were hoping for a little bit more, but it was raining. This is, you know, the welcoming home-ish, if that's what you want to call it, party for Tom Brady back in Foxborough. Oh, my goodness, and Antonio Brown is back, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, so many so many pass catchers. Tom Brady is not afraid to target the tight end position, even when it's not Rob Gronkowski who is there. So he is someone that should be available. He is only 18% rostered. And I don't know how long Gronk's going to be out. He has several broken ribs and a punctured lung. So it may be a little while before Rob Gronkowski sees the football field again. And in that case... Cameron Brait, he is going to be a starter and he is going to be on the field. They play Miami, they play Philadelphia, excellent matchup in week six, and then they play Chicago. So um, those are our like positional stream, um, waiver wired want to call them streamers because the next segment is the streamers and I'm going to go over our quarterback streaming options as well as our defense special stream, ob- special team streaming options. It's like a, such a tongue twister. Um, I'm going to give you some that may be a little bit more rostered. I also do another show on Wednesday 
night that you can watch Wednesday later on in the evening or Thursday morning where I go into like deep, deep streamers. And these are people or teams that could be available after waivers have processed. Um, so if these guys aren't available, that's okay. I do have some other options after waivers go. But for the quarterback position, Sam Darnold, hi. We knew that you would do well. I knew that he would do well with the Panthers, and he's getting it done. He is 37% rostered, looking good in great, in bad matchups, excuse me. And uh, they play Minnesota in week six. Okay, they play Philadelphia. I don't love it, but what I do love is playing Minnesota in week six. So Sam Darnold is someone you can pick up and play now and even into the future. And Taylor Heineke. I was saying this last week. I said it on the live show. I benched Ryan Tannehill in favor of Taylor Heineke. I'm very glad that I did. Um, I don't love him as the start for week five. This is really the stash for week six and week seven when they play Kansas City and Green Bay that are very, very, very bad against the quarterback position. So I like Taylor Heineke better for week six and seven. Again, only 10% rostered. He still scored over 20 fantasy points in, in tough matchups too. So if you need somebody, Taylor Heineke could be your guy, and especially in week six and seven. And last but not least, I mentioned him already, Daniel Jones from the New York Giants, 31% rostered excellent matchup like I keep saying against Dallas I love these divisional games they're very very clash of the titans if you will not Tennessee Titans but you know what I mean and uh Dallas has allowed the ninth most points to opposing quarterbacks so Daniel Jones has the opportunity to keep his role going that he's got uh for our our fantasy lineups which is pretty nice so let's round this all out with your defense special teams that you should be looking at and it's really annoyingly thin this week I don't like that. I really don't like that because I love streaming the defense position and there's really not one that stands out to me as like a smash you must grab and start. But we do have three options. I should say we, I have three options for you. Carolina Panthers. I know they're 44% rostered, likely higher depending on what kind of platform or format that you're in, but they play Philadelphia and they have allowed the 10th most points to opposing defense and special teams. So if Carolina Panthers are somehow still out there, swoop them up because I love them. The Green Bay Packers, they are 37% rostered, and they are facing the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, um, it may sound like that is not really great for starting, but the Bengals have allowed the 8th most points to opposing defenses and special teams. So I don't really mind this at all. And then a deeper dive is going to be Las Vegas. They are 12% rostered, and they are going up against Chicago. And the Bears have allowed the 5th most points to defense special teams. I'm not sure how long that trend is going to be continuing once Justin Fields really gets his starting quarterback legs underneath him. But you may still have the opportunity against a very, very bad offensive line for sacks, especially with Max Crosby, and for interception opportunity as well. So those are three defenses that you could be looking at. I wish they were a little bit more wow in your face, but unfortunately they're not. But who knows, maybe after uh, waivers have cleared, you can see who your league mates dropped. Always do that after waivers clear, because sometimes people drop some very surprising names. But that's all for me here on our Monday slash Tuesday morning show. If you haven't done so already, please do me a huge favor and go ahead and like that video. Please subscribe to Mayo Media Net if you have not done so on YouTube. Follow us on social media at Mayo Media Net. We have so much coming out for you guys, every, guys and gals, excuse me, every single day. So much content, so many fun things. Remember, sign up for Prize Picks, prizepicks.com, promo code MMN, to get your deposit of up to $100 matched. And uh, you can follow me too. I am Lauren Carpenter. You can find me on social media at Stepmom Lauren. You can also find all of my work on my website, stepmomlauren.com. Good luck, everybody, on all of those waiver wire targets. Good luck on deciding how much fab you want to put in for these guys. 
And we're getting into week five. This is unbelievable how fast the season is going. Good luck, everybody, and I will see you on Wednesday. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of First Look here on the Mayo Media Network. I'm Peter Overzet here to walk you through all the salaries for week five. I will admit, as I take a first glance at these, this isn't as fun of a slate as we've had previously. We also have a London game on Saturday, so pulling away some options from the main slate. And as I look at early lines here, I'm only seeing one game with over a 50-point over under that's San Francisco, Arizona. There are a lot of games uh, snug up against the 50 point over under mark, but still not as good as we've had in previous weeks with some of these 54s, 55s, 56. So we're going to have to get creative as usual here. And we are going to walk through the slate as usual. I will give my usual caveats here. Lots of injury situations. Lots of things can change over the course of the week, but this is how we get our framework set. Let's go ahead and start right here at QB. I think on the high end, uh, what's really standing out to me, let me get my tab over to QB here, is um, Kyler Murray at the top. I think when you look at ceiling projection, he, of course, is going to be up there right at the top. We don't have a Josh Allen on this main slate. We don't have a Patrick Mahomes on this main slate. So we're going to be looking at a couple of these other guys to challenge for top score. I think the two guys, though, that are really interesting for ceiling that can easily compete with Kyler Murray would be Dak Prescott. He feels too cheap to me here at 6,900. I think he's going to be extremely popular. The Giants secondary hasn't been anything special. I also think uh, Tom Brady at 7,400, obviously uh, on Monday night or sorry, Sunday night, he didn't have an insane game, but I think back home here versus Miami is going to be a very good spot for Tom Brady. So I can see him ask, uh, accessing a ceiling there. Justin Herbert, I think, is also in the conversation versus Cleveland. Um, we have seen Cleveland really uh, get to the quarterback a decent amount. They sacked Justin Fields like nine times two weeks ago, but I still think uh, this is a good spot for him. If we want to go down to some value options, it is a little harder to find value this week. Do we want to go back to Justin Fields. He once again is down here at 5,200. We'll have to see how the reports go uh, on Andy Dalton and all that stuff. But Justin Fields, I, I think he is getting better. I know he's burned people these past couple weeks, but he remains to me in the conversation, probably more so for cash games than tournaments, just because we're banking on his rushing to give us a floor. And this offense isn't really providing a ceiling right now. I also see Baker Mayfield down here at 5,500. Uh, if we like that game, I think Baker's going to be in play. I know all of the chatter today as I record this on Monday is how bad Baker Mayfield looked against the Vikings on Sunday. I get it, but these often present uh, good buy low opportunities if we think the Browns bounce back. And I'll also mention uh, Trey Lance down here at 5,700. It's hilarious that he's priced up higher than Justin Fields despite not having received a full start. He did take over for Jimmy Garoppolo in the second half. We'll have to see what Kyle Shanahan says, but man, Trey Lance here at Arizona in one of the higher scoring games of the slate, if not the highest, uh, according to Vegas, is going to be very intriguing. I imagine he'll be very popular if he is announced the starter. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else here in the mid-range that I should mention. No one really standing out to me. 
I think Derek Carr will probably project decently at 6,100 there. Sam Darnold coming off of all of his rushing production against Dallas is, is vaguely interesting. And then Jalen Hurts, I think, of course, too, just with his rushing upside at 7,000. He had a great game against the Chiefs, and I think he could keep it rolling here against Carolina. Let's head over to the running back position here. Um, we don't expect uh, Christian McCaffrey to be back this week. Obviously, if he does return for some reason, he'll be the top play. But on the top end, we're really looking at Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Those guys are definitely in a slight tier to their own. The one thing I will say, Dalvin Cook, he only played 50% of the snaps this past week. The team probably should have sat him. I mean, uh, Alexander Madison looked really good last week. Why rush? Dalvin Cook back from that injury if he's still not 100% healthy. They did. He, I believe he made it out of that game relatively unscathed. So if he's good to go, I mean, we just see what these teams do to Detroit. David Montgomery coming off a big game against him. So he'll be extremely popular if he's healthy and good to go against Detroit. Alvin Kamara has been interesting this year. He's getting a ton of carries. He has more 20-plus carry games through this season than he did in his entire career combined up to this point. The weird thing is, is he's not being used in the passing game much. So I'll be curious to see what the field does with Alvin Kamara at 8,600. And of course you have the big dog. He keeps producing. He gets the overtime padding his stats last week. Now he's up to 9,000 on the road at Jacksonville. He will be a good play, but I'll be curious to see if this price tag gives some people sticker shock on Derrick Henry. If we're going down here in the mid range, I mean, I've seen everything I need to see from Saquon Barkley now. His role continues to grow. Um, we look at the box score here. It was Washington where he ripped off the big run. And then these past two weeks, he's had a really solid role. 16 carries uh, two weeks ago, 13 carries last week. Also getting it done in the receiving game, six, seven targets and six targets. So I thought his ownership was very surprising last week in tournaments. And uh, I'm guessing the field will be on him a little bit more. But still uh, at 7,300, he looks like a decent value to me here. I'll also throw in uh, Joe Mixon, I think is uh, is a pretty nice price here at 6,200. He is uh, doubtful uh, right now. They're saying he's a uh, day-to-day, so I don't know um, if this tag needs to be updated, but he's someone to keep an eye on because if he's good to go at 6,200, I think that's a nice price. Eckler in this game here against Cleveland, I think has some merit, although at 7,600, that's getting a little pricey up here. Nick Chubb at 6,700 versus the Chargers, who haven't been great on the ground, I think is pretty nice there. He's had really nice rush totals these past two weeks, 22 attempts, 21 attempts. So those Cleveland running backs are always in play. If we're trying to find value, it gets a little difficult. Um, one guy I think w that will be on the radar here is Damian Williams. Um, we're expecting David Montgomery to miss a good amount of time. We haven't gotten the results of his MRI yet as of this recording. If he's out, Damian Williams will step in and be the bell cow running back, although he had a thigh bruise as well and is technically questionable right now as we record early in the week but I imagine Damian Williams is going to be okay and I think he is going to be a, a very very solid start he has that three down skill set that we value for these running backs um, the only other guy really in this backfield is rookie Khalil Herbert so I, I can't imagine um, him getting a ton of work. I think Damian Williams is going to be a very popular cash game play, and he's going to project really well at this price tag. So he's definitely a value option there. 
I think Trey Sermon is in the conversation. He looks solid. Elijah Mitchell was a scratch uh, last week. So Trey Sermon got the majority of the work there. Trey Sermon here at 5,000. Last week, he had 19 rush attempts for 89 yards. You know, a bit of a slow start for Trey Sermon. He was a surprise scratch week one, um, kind of getting his sea legs here a bit as the season progresses. But if you look at the box score here, you see his role growing every week. So I think Trey Sermon is going to be uh, an interesting play. Again, we want to target this game. Has one of the highest uh, point totals that we expect on the slate. So I do like Trey Sermon in that spot. If we're looking for some other values, uh, as long as Gio Bernard is out, Leonard Fournette is a very good play at 5,200. I mean, he's getting basically bell cow level usage against New England, 20 attempts for 91 yards. He also had five targets that he turned into 47 yards on three receptions. So that's an insane workload for a back at 5,200. If Gio's back, I think that definitely uh, pours some cold water on it, but uh, Fournette firmly in the mix there. And I think we also have to mention James Robinson. He had a really good game on Thursday night football last week, 18 attempts for 78 yards, also got a couple of targets. And of course the two touchdowns as well as the team kind of phases out Carlos Hyde. This is extremely bullish for James Robinson. Hyde was a late scratch in that Thursday night game. So I'll be curious to see if they continue to make uh, Carlos Hyde, a late scratch or, or, or a scratch uh, with say, maybe some more uh, uh, lead up to it. But I think that's a situation we should also take advantage of. Let's head over to wide receiver, where similar to all these positions, we are missing some of our studs. No, no uh, Tyreek Hill, no Stefan Diggs this week. I think if we're looking at the top, Devontae Adams is probably in a tier of his own as these elite ceiling guys. He continues to rack up insane target shares, 18 targets two weeks ago, 11 targets this week. But we also have some other guys up here who I think can access a big ceiling. Of course, DJ Moore coming off of the big game, Terry McLaurin coming off of a big game. DeAndre Hopkins has been quiet lately, but uh, I think that's more just kind of a product of this offense. I think he is still uh, plenty capable of going off as, you know, Arizona kind of has a revolving carousel of fantasy production right now. Mike Williams has shown an incredible ceiling. I think stacking him up with Herbert is going to be fairly popular this week. But if we look at some of the more value guys, I don't know how this keeps happening, but the Dallas Cowboys guys continually seem underpriced to me relative to their ceiling. Now they get the Giants secondary. CeeDee Lamb at 6,200. Amari Cooper at 6,100. These guys just seem way too cheap to me. And I think they're so cheap that the price tag is going to end up making them uh, chalky, which is unfortunate because I'd rather be able to play some of these Cowboys. But every single week, DraftKings prices them so cheap and they become you know, rightfully popular. Um, let's see, some of these other guys here in this mid-range, Keenan Allen, um, it's crazy that we're now at the point where Mike Williams has a higher price tag than Keenan Allen. So I don't mind arbitraging that with uh, with Keenan. I think Mike Williams has been, he's been great. Don't get me wrong, but he's running pretty hot on touchdown expectation. And I expect that to kind of even out with Keenan Allen at some point. So I don't mind buying the dip on Keenan Allen at 6,500. Justin Jefferson's been rock solid. He's up here more as a ceiling play. How about Jamar Chase? Uh, all Jamar Chase does is score touchdowns here, and he's only 5,800. Uh, I mean, just absolutely insane. He didn't get in the end zone um, this previous week, but leading up to that, still four touchdowns on the year, and he's coming off another you know, nine-target game. So Jamar Chase, uh, I think, is underpriced there, and will be. it'll be interesting to see if T. Higgins is back this week 
or not, that could definitely impact things. Do you have the stomach to go back to Odell after he burned everyone this week? He's still looking a little too cheap, I would say, at 6000 relative to his role. I know he burned us uh, last week, but still 16 targets over these past two weeks. That's pretty good at that price tag. And if we're trying to find some salary savings, I feel like a broken record because every week on here, I'm like, are we going to get uh, a decent, you know, cheap price wide receiver later in the week? A few have been opening up, but early it's tough. The one guy that really stood out to me is Curtis Samuel didn't get priced up. He was 3000 last week. I don't know why his price tag didn't go up. He stepped right in four receptions, four targets and Diami Brown, the other wide receiver in there got banged up as well. So Curtis Samuel will likely be this week's uh, Nick Westbrook Akeen for the Titans, who just gets incredibly popular because he's the only cheap wide receiver. So I don't really have any idea why DraftKings kept him at 3000 but he looks like a good play to me. I think some other guys, if we're trying to get cheap, is uh, Terrace Marshall. Robbie Anderson continues to underwhelm with his targets. Um, he did only have three targets here, but we are going to like this game, the shootout potential here with Philadelphia. So I don't mind Terrace Marshall. Um, it's slim pickings, guys. I'm trying to find uh, some plays for you down here uh, in these cheap wide receivers, and uh, there's just not a lot. There is not a lot here. We can scroll. We can scroll maybe MBS. Uh, no, MBS is on injured reserve. I take that back. So uh, I, I don't know what what to do for you guys here early in the week. Hopefully another injury uh, or some kind of situation will open something up more obvious. But right now, it's looking like Curtis Samuel as one of the, the only punt wide receiver options. Let's head over now to tight end. We do have Darren Waller and George Kittle on this slate. Darren Waller, pretty expensive at 7,300. He's not going to pop in any points per dollar metrics at that price tag, but obviously he has that elite ceiling. I would say George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson also have a ceiling that can potentially rival Waller's. Not quite where Waller can get because of his insane target volume, but George Kittle, things were encouraging. He was over a 20% target share this past week. Um, he still hasn't had the monster explosion game or the touchdowns that kind of really get us excited, but it's coming. It's coming with this usage, so I want to continue to bet on George Kittle. I continue mentioning this game. It's going to be a game I want to target, and I'll be curious to see where Kittle's ownership comes in. If we're looking more in the mid-range, um, I like what I saw from the Patriots tight ends. I believe they both scored on, on Sunday night, if I'm recalling correctly. I know Johnny Smith definitely did. Five targets, only 14 yards, but the five targets and the touchdown is nice. Hunter Henry is well here had uh, five targets and a touchdown too. And now they get the Texans and Dawson Knox just lit up this Texans team for two touchdowns. So I could see both the Patriots tight ends being heavily involved here as well. I think you can take stabs on the Bucks tight ends as well. Now that we likely won't have Gronk. We have Cameron Brait here at 3,300. He's coming off of a six target game. And then of course you have OJ Howard, who I believe actually led the Bucks tight ends in snaps. Um, no, no, maybe I have that wrong. Um, let's see. Yep. Uh, Brait saw five targets on 45% of steps while Howard had just one target on 19%. Um, so yeah, so maybe I, I need to cool my enthusiasm on OJ Howard. It definitely looks like Cameron Brait is the guy there. Um, if we're trying to find some other values, I would say uh, I don't mind Cole Komet 
his price really is getting cheap. And I don't know if I'm just martingaling this Bears offense, you know, with Fields and Allen Robinson and Cole Komet, but he is uh, showcasing a, a decent workload, four targets, three targets, and 2,700. We're getting down into punt tight end territory. So I don't mind that. And then I would say Evan Ingram at 3,200. His price is still uh, relatively palatable to me coming off of back-to-back six-target games here at 3,200. Guessing he'll be a popular bring back in Dallas Cowboys stacks there. So uh, those are some plays at tight end. We can take a peek at defense here as well. The Patriots up here at 4,900 on the road against Houston. That's a pretty crazy price tag. DraftKings has made it extremely hard for us to find some cheap tight ends or uh, defenses that we like. But I'm seeing some down here that we might actually have some decent options. I think Washington football team home versus uh, the Saints, whose offense has been uh, struggling, I think is going to be popular. I think you can play the Jags at home versus Tennessee, especially if they're missing, you know, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown again. Um, as we scroll up here, is anything else standing out? I think you can play the Chargers versus Baker with how poor he looked. I think you can play the Cowboys at home versus uh, the Giants. So more so than last week where it was really stingy at tight end. Um, I I, I like the the defensive options so far this week. So as I mentioned, lots to change, lots of news and information to come into play over the course of the week. I also want to mention it is a free week over at Run the Sims. That's where uh, I get all of my simulations for the slates. They run it 10,000 times. It shows you which lineups, which plays are appearing the most frequently. It's a really good thing to refer to against ownership projections. So Got a shout out, run the Sims. You can sign up, get a free account, test drive the tools. They also have a, a standard slate optimizer. We got a range finder for player prop tools. So go ahead, test drive it today. If you like it, you can sign up. You can use promo code Pete for 10% off. Thank you to Pat Mayo for having me on the channel. Good luck. In-